night when she'd cried. I'd have heard you if you yelled, miss, said the nurse stiffly. And I slept quiet last night. But she knew it was her mother, had to have been her mother. She remembered the sweet smell of her perfume, and no one but her mother ever wore that scent. Her perfume smelt of flowers, but of no flowers the little girl ever found. Neither in the dozens of overflowing vases set in nearly every room of their tall, magnificent townhouse nearly every day of the year, nor anywhere in the long, scrolling curves of the flower beds in the gardens behind the house, nor in the straight, meticulous rows within the glass houses and orangeries behind the garden. She once confided to a new nurse her wish to find the flower that had produced her mother's scent. She was inspired to do so when the nurse introduced herself by saying, Hello, little one. Your daddy has told me your name, but do you know mine? It's Pansy, just like the flower. I bet you have lots of pansies in your garden. Yes, we do, replied the little girl politely. And they're my favourite, almost. My favourite is a flower I don't know. It is the flower that my mother's scent comes from. I keep hoping I will find it. Perhaps you will help me. Pansy had laughed at her, but it was a friendly laugh. What a funny little thing you are, she said. Fancy at your age wanting to know about perfume. You'll be a heartbreaker in a few years, I guess. The little girl had looked at her new nurse solemnly, but hadn't troubled to explain further. She could tell Pansy meant to be kind. It was true that she had first become interested in gardens as something other than merely places her nurses sometimes took her, in the peremptory way of grown-ups, when she'd made the connection between perfume smells and flower smells. But she had very soon discovered that she simply liked gardens. Her mother's world, her mother's house, was very exciting, but it was also rather scary. She liked plants. They were quiet, and they stayed in the same place. But they weren't boring, like a lot of the things she was supposed to be interested in were boring. Such as dolls, which just lay there unless you picked them up and did things with them. And then the chief thing you were supposed to do with them, apparently, was to change their clothes. And could there be anything more awfully, deadly boring than changing anyone's clothes any more often than one was utterly obliged to? Plants got on with making stems and leaves and flowers and fruit, whatever you did, and a lot of them were nice to the touch. The slight attractive furriness of rabbit's ears and cupid's darts, the slick waxy surfaces of camellia leaves and ivy, and lots of them had beautiful flowers, which changed both shape and colour as they opened, and some of them smelt interesting even if none of them smelt like her mother's perfume. And then there were things like apples and grapes, which were the best things in the world when you could break them off from the stem yourself and eat them right there. From the nurse's point of view, the youngest girl was the least trouble of the three, 
She neither went out seeking mischief, the more perilous the better, the way the eldest did, nor answered impertinently and with a vocabulary alarmingly beyond her age, the way the second did. Her one consistent misbehaviour, tiresome enough indeed as it was, and which no amount of punishment seemed able to break her of, was that of escaping into the garden the moment the nurse's eye was diverted, where she would later be found digging little holes and planting things, discarded toys, especially dolls, half-eaten biscuits, dead leaves and dry twigs, singing to herself and covering her white pinafores and stockings with dirt. None of the nurses ever noticed that the twigs, were they left where she planted them, against all probability, grew. One old gardener noticed, and because he was old and considered rather silly, he had the